0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show Podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. Yes, I am here today. Martin Luther King Day. Glad to be with you. The office is closed, so they can't stop me. (laughs) The phone number, 877-973-7425. Hope you had a great weekend. We need to get into the news because there are more documents. Seriously, y'all, there are more documents from the Biden administration. Uh, they're, they're admitting we're in his house. So we have documents in the Chinese-funded UPIN uh, Institute office. We got documents in the Hunter Biden Access Garage. And we've got uh, a set, two sets of documents out of his house. So two different sets of documents found in two different places in his house. Uh, a media field day has broken out. This is uh, Kristen Welker of NBC News, not exactly happy with the way the story is playing out. It got so bad that Kareem Jean Pierre was ignoring questions from reporters not named Peter Ducey. Just
1: one more, Corrine. Do you acknowledge that the fact that the White House
0: did not reveal this
1: to the public, despite the fact that you've known about it for months, undercuts the president's promise of being transparent with the American people? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: they were transparent. Not there the was there there was transparency in doing what you're supposed to do when these when these items were discovered. Not with the American people. Look, we I am here, standing in front of you, answering these questions. Right, the press. <laughs>
0: you know, I gotta. I even I have to admit, Corrine Jean Pierre, who is not the the smartest uh, person to ever take the the. Uh, press secretary's pulpit there she is not a she's in a difficult position i felt bad for the woman i actually did feel bad for the woman so just so you understand what the white house is doing they're claiming they were transparent even though they covered this up until after the election they're claiming they were transparent because they told the national archives and got lawyers involved That's it. That's their transparency. They didn't tell the public. They didn't want you to know about it. They tried to cover it up and would have been successful, but someone leaked. But they're saying they were transparent. They were not with the American public. And this is Kristen Welker's point. Her question, do you acknowledge that the fact that the White House did not reveal this to the public, despite the fact that you've known about it for months, undercuts the president's promise of being transparent with the American people? And Corrine John Pierce said, well, we were transparent. We were transparent in the process with by notifying people. And Welker's not buying it. She's like, not with the American people. You promised to be transparent with the American people. Instead, you covered it up. Here's Chris Christie on uh, this week on ABC. If you substituted President Trump for President Biden in the Biden situation, there would be lots of people on the Democratic side who would be jumping to the conclusion that Trump
2: knew it, Directed it and should be held responsible for it. I don't hear that about Biden now and here's the problem The problem is he withheld this from the American
0: people for six days prior to a president a midterm election And I don't know why and who made that decision and Here's Ed O'Keefe from CBS the the network that broke the story
2: and You talk about we are being transparent Who's we and what is the definition of transparent in this case? Is it the lawyers being transparent legally with the archives and the Justice Department? Or is it the White House writ large being transparent with the general public? Oh,
0: who's who's we and who's being transparent? (laughs) By the way, he didn't let up on this. I mean, he went on and on and on. She finally had to start ignoring him.
1: The the lawyers say, I have to go around. You've asked me about, you've asked asked me, Ed. There's
0: going to be a limit in transparency, public, non-legal transparency, and what can be shared and said by this way. I disagree. There has,
1: I disagree, Ed. There has not been a limit of transparency. That is, that is, that is, there has not been been a limit of transparency. That I will, I will disagree with you.
0: I mean, oh, they're beside themselves. Here's Peter Ducey. Especially because she then revealed the following day that she was not involved in the decision to sit on this uh, somebody in biden world has known about this uh, more than 2 months before they went public with it she revealed on friday that was not her call and so somebody around here is making decisions about uh, it, cuz it's not just legal strategy it is communications strategy it's pr mm-hmm. for the president mm-hmm. and uh, whoever it is behind the curtain pushing that button, pulling that string, uh, we still don't know. But hey, we're being referred to the Justice Department and the special counsel, so uh, we can ask them too.
2: Oh, Phil
0: Mattingly, now the White House correspondent for CNN as well, not having any of it. Yes. Okay,
2: and I just wanna score something that Chris was asking about. The review was underway when you guys gave a detailed statement about the first set of documents. The review was underway when the president spoke about the first set of documents. You're now saying that, you didn't talk about the second set of documents, discovered almost a month prior because a review was underway. I I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. The review was underway the entire time. The only difference was that reporters had information on the first set of documents, and therefore you chose to exclude the second set of documents until reporters got information on the second set of documents. Well,
1: let me unconfuse you uh, for a second, Phil. Look, we are trying to do this by the book. And I said yesterday this was under uh, review by the Department of Justice. And the process is as such. Uh, when the pre- when the president's lawyers realized that the do- the documents existed, that they were there they reached out to the archives, they reached out to the Department of Justice, rightfully so may I add, that is what you're supposed to do as lawyers, that's what they did, and they have fully been cooperating uh, with um, uh, with the Department of Justice. And again, uh, I said this earlier in answering a question, uh, you heard from the Attorney General, he said shortly after the documents were uh, discovered, uh, they, they that we did outreach, uh, the President's lawyers did outreach uh, to, uh, to the Department of Justice. And archivist questioning
2: that's not what we're asking about we're asking about I'm telling
1: you that there's a process I just laid out what the process is and I'm, and I'm telling you that process. we were oh. trying to do this by the book and it, it was
0: on un- I mean none of them are buying this here's Chris Wallace on CNN
2: what do you think of the handling uh, how the Biden administration is handling this and Kareem
0: Jean-Pierre and um, you know earlier who was someone who was on who said that they thought it was unfair um by putting Kareem Jean-Pierre uh out Michael Smarkonish Michael Smarkonish was on. Um,
2: my memory. Uh, I got you. <laughs> that they thought it was <laughs> Thank you very much. They thought it was unfair to put her out there. The president should be out front on this. What do you think? Oh, I I look, I, I they pay uh, press secretaries to do this kind of thing. It is unfair in the sense that there was a lot of stuff she couldn't say and shouldn't say. But Joe Biden absolutely should not come out at this point, among other things, as we say. Yesterday, they found another document. You know, they don't know what they don't know at this point. I'm sure they're searching every place that Joe Biden was since he left the vice presidency. Before you put the president of the United States out there who is the target of this investigation, you got to be pretty sure you know all the facts.
0: You got to be sure you know all the facts. Um, Wow, yes, you do have to be sure you know all the facts. And the problem here is that they know the facts. They just don't want us to know the facts because every time they drip more out, it just makes it even worse for them. I mean, there's no getting around this every single time they we find out more it just makes it worse this actually is a cover-up now here is uh what's his name uh comer he's the new house oversight committee chairman he's from kentucky he was on cnn
2: so just to give the the answer that the trump lawyers gave because i have also been asking uh why did it take so long for them to disclose this given the fact that uh Uh, Biden attorneys, rather, I I said Biden, I said Trump, I meant Biden, that Biden attorneys discovered this November 2nd, I think, uh, and we didn't find out about it until until January. And the explanation from Biden's attorneys are uh, they they there's a there's a balance here between wanting to disclose and also not wanting to impede any Department of Justice investigation, uh, because when you announce it, then you uh, are getting potentially in the way of investigators when it comes to witnesses and such. That's what they say. Hard to believe. I would consider that the fact that it was right before a midterm election, a very important midterm election that was close, that was going to determine the balance of power in Congress. Uh, the fact that they had uh, they were quick to call for special counsel with with Trump. Uh, you know, it it seems political here. It seems uh, hypocritical. It seems like a double standard, and and that's our concern. I have jurisdiction as chairman of the House Oversight Committee over the National Archives. This is the agency that that I'm most frustrated with, to be honest with you, Jake, because they have not been transparent at all. Uh, They should be briefing, both myself and now ranking member Raskins, who will be your next guest on the show, about what's going on here. They never did tell us about November 2nd. We've asked questions about uh, what went on with Mar-a-Lago. Why was Mar-a-Lago raided? But uh, the president's home, not. Why are the president's lawyers still allowed to go rummage through looking for documents after a special counsel has been appointed? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's not fair. We just want equal treatment.
0: You know, they can't prosecute Donald Trump over classified documents now. If you're a progressive, you may think uh, the situation between Joe Biden and his classified documents. And Donald Trump, in his classified documents, is so uh, different, uh, so nuanced, so so separate that it doesn't matter. They can still prosecute Donald Trump. You may believe that, but you forget people are stupid, and the American public—they're not going to nuance. They're not going to nuance this. They're not going to distinguish this. They're not going to separate this. You have two presidents now who kept classified documents, the second of which actually engaged in a cover-up to try to keep the American people from knowing about it while exploiting the prior president's classified documents. You can't prosecute Donald Trump now without prosecuting Joe Biden, who engaged in a public cover-up. And his White House can spin all they want that they were transparent because the moment they knew, they notified lawyers in the National Archives, except this is the president who blasted the former president for his handling of classified documents, that you just don't do this sort of stuff. You do not leave these things laying around your house, according to Joe Biden. And that's exactly what he did. You can't prosecute the prior president. When you yourself are engaged in the same behavior, it may not be as extensive. The classification levels may be different, but at least Donald Trump put his in a fairly secure room in mar lago You left yours in your garage and laying around your house where Hunter Biden could get them. You left him in a Chinese funded institute. You can't prosecute the former president without looking like a massive hypocrite. You know, there are already people, I'm I'm not kidding this, there are already people openly speculating that this was all a setup by the Biden administration to get him out of prosecuting Donald Trump, that he doesn't want to prosecute Trump because he knows the next Republican would go after him. So he's had to do this to set himself up and say, oh, we can't prosecute the last guy. I don't think they're smart enough to pull that sort of thing off to do it. Maybe so, though. The fact of the matter is this man blasted the prior president for his handling of classified information and he himself did the same thing and then refused to tell the American public about it because he was scared of the impact on the election in November. So they covered it up and tried to keep it quiet and it got leaked. And now the irony is. This undercuts the left's ability to prosecute the former president right as they brought home that special prosecutor from overseas to be able to begin the prosecution. They're not going to be able to without indicting Joe Biden. The weather outside might be frightful, but in your bed, you've got super soft bowl and branch sheets to sleep under. They'll keep you comfortable. They're just the perfect weight. Summer, winter, fall, spring, the perfect weight, and they get softer every wash. And right now, with the weather so cold outside, you want to just be snuggled up inside. They're the perfect sheets under which you and your loved one can snuggle. And right now, you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code Eric at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L and branch.com. the promo code is Eric E-R-I-C-K Bull & Branch sheets are the perfect 100% organic cotton threads that get softer every wash. Not only do they get softer every wash, but they the drape across your body is just perfect. I really enjoy mine. We've got them now on multiple beds in the house. We've just kept buying them because they're so soft. And every wash, they get softer. And right now, get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BowlinBranch.com. That's BowlinBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com, the promo code ERIC. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. Had a couple of people call. They didn't want to stick around, but uh, one of them noting a, a point that I made last week and needs to be made again. How did the National Archives not know about these classified documents when they knew about Donald Trump's? I would, uh, let, let me suggest, there may be something else happening with this story. If you remember the news, the National Archives knew that Donald Trump had withheld classified documents. They went looking for him. They couldn't find them, and they were at Mar-a-Lago, and there were, quibbling over whether or not everything had been returned that ultimately precipitated the FBI raid. That's what the uh, progressives will hang their hat on. The difference between Biden and Trump is that uh, Trump said he sent everything back when he didn't and then argued about it. And so they sent in the FBI. Biden found stuff. His lawyers got it. They started a review and they sent everything in. Whatever. The bottom line is they both kept classified information. But I wonder The story we've been told is that the lawyer for Biden was moving him out of the office, the University of Pennsylvania's office there, the whatever it is, the the Center for Diplomacy that China funded in Washington, D.C., and they found these classified documents in a safe. What if the National Archives did know these documents were missing, and that's why they were cleaning out the office? They were actually looking for the documents. I mean, we we don't know. I mean, some people are are speculating, why did the archives know Trump's documents were missing and not Biden's documents? What if the archives did know and everyone kept it hush-hush, there was no public call, and the lawyers had to go scramble and look for the documents? Because all of these documents, it turns out, were found a month or two ago. Even the latest revelation of new documents found, if, if the timeline is right, they found the documents a couple of months ago. It could be that the same scenario happened. The archives did ask for the documents. And it wasn't Biden moving out of the house or moving out of the office that caused the documents to be found. That's just their cover story. I mean, they've covered up everything else. Why not? It could be. And I I will note here that the media is not buying the story. Listen, uh, the, the American press corps leans to the left. And there is a lot of damage control done by the American press corps to protect Joe Biden. But when this leak came out from CBS News, the media couldn't just ignore it. It's a big story. But not only is it a big story, it had the potential to make them look like fools. And we saw some of that over the weekend, by the way, where Republicans would go on television and bring this up. And the reverse of, what about Trump? What about Trump? You don't care about Trump? They didn't do this so much with the Democrats. Yeah, Democrats go on TV. Nobody wanted to say you cared greatly about Trump. I mean, you had a couple of Debbie Stabenow, for example, uh, outgoing senator from Michigan is like, this, this, this is looks bad. This is dumb. No defense of Joe Biden on this, no defense of his administration. I just gotta wonder if even more is happening behind the scenes. And Perhaps they still haven't been completely honest with us, and there are enough reporters who are smart enough to know they can't double down on defense of Biden on this because they're going to get exposed. I mean, just look at the drip, drip, drip right now. We got the uh, we found documents at the the office. We notified the archives. No more were found to, uh oh, wait, we found some in the garage, to, uh oh, wait, we found some in the house, to, oh, oh, wait, we found more in the house in a different location. Hard to defend this and build a comprehensive defense when they're still dribbling out the information slowly that they knew for months and clearly are having people dribble out the information who don't know the full story themselves. I would not be surprised if we learned that this was all started not because they were vacating an office, but because the National Archives came calling and they don't want people to know it. Wouldn't surprise me in the least little bit. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Uh, so let me pull back the curtain on radio just a little bit. This is not what I was going to talk about, but it, it's timely in light of a couple emails I see here. Um, I, for the a very, very, very long time getting into radio thought, you know what? I, I, I talked about this yesterday. I'm not going to talk about it today. Um, I talked about it yesterday and inevitably we would get emails from people saying, why haven't you talked about X, Y, and Z? And I was like, well, you should listen every day. Cause I talked about it two weeks ago before anybody else was talking about it. And then people get mad at you that you're avoiding and and whatnot. And and, um, my old boss, the pig farmer, once said, you know, you can revisit topics because not everybody listens every day. And my theory is you should listen to me every day. And if you miss it, it's your fault, not my fault. But he convinced me on occasion it's worth revisiting topics. And I must revisit one from Friday because I have a couple of emails over the weekend and more than a couple. One poor lady is so upset. The governor of Georgia is going to Davos to the World Economic Forum. And she's starting to regret voting for him twice because he's going to Davos. Why? Do you not trust him all of a sudden? Do you think he is selling you out? So what the pharisees said of jesus you know they couldn't understand why would jesus hang out with all these these people that no one liked why would he hang out with tax collectors and and women of the night and 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 all these compromised people why why would why would jesus i'm not saying is jesus but it's the same reaction you don't want the guy you like to hang out with people you don't like and so because you hate them you're willing to subvert and and dis, uh, detach your like for the guy you've liked because he's doing this thing you don't like. And what is he doing? Hanging out with people you don't like, hanging out with people you think are, are not in your best interest and don't have your interest at heart. Uh, but you thought he did. Do you suddenly think he doesn't? Why can't you trust him to make a good decision? Why can't you trust him? Donald Trump went to the same group twice. I don't like the Davos World Economic Forum people, but I really like the fact that a guy from Georgia who they're going to have to have a speech interpreter to understand even if they speak English is going to tell them that he was right and they were wrong. It's going to tell them Georgia's open for business contrary to a lot of the places they wanted to shut down. Why Why, why can't you allow him to go to... You don't know what he's going to say. I have a sense of what he's going to say because I asked about it. And you would like the message... But if you're going to hate someone because they're going to a group of people you don't like, you're going to hate a whole lot of people who are trying to build good coalitions to govern because you have to go places and meet with people that so many people don't like. I remember when Donald Trump started organizing black voters for Trump, the Republicans were beside themselves. How dare he do that? Waste his time. He should be focused in other places. Black voters are never going to vote for Trump. And suddenly he was able to get them. I mean, increased his share pretty significantly. And the the very same people who were upset with him pretended they never were. I just, I don't get this. My governor is going to go associate with people who I don't like, therefore, I regret voting for him. Uh, I think that is really, 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 not only self-centered, but very shallow thinking. And I, I think if you think this through a little bit, you need to consider that maybe you've trusted this guy twice, He has shown himself to be able to stand up to his critics and not bend to people who will do nice things for him if he just bins to them. He's shown himself to defy them all. Maybe put a little trust in the guy. People are so, so quick to lose trust in other people for doing something they disagree with without ever trying to contemplate uh, another side of the story. Why why not contemplate another side of the story? I, I, I personally like the idea that he's going. Now, to talk about the subject I intended to talk about. 2023, 2024 rather, is already shaping up. So we're in January of 2023, and it's already time to talk about 2024 because the presidential debates for the GOP and probably the Democrats, if Joe Biden doesn't run again, they're gonna be starting sometime in the late fall because Iowa will happen in January, wherever the Democrats decide they're going to go first, Nevada, South Carolina, somewhere. The Democrats intend to shake up their calendar, allegedly. But Iowa and New Hampshire are about a year away now. The fundraising is already beginning. I have not said this before. I was told I can talk about it in, in generalities. I have been asked to talk to a group of the prominent Republican donors about 2024. A number of the largest Republican donors believe for the past few years their money has been wasted, that they may have been persuaded by grifters to badly spend their money. And they're looking at what they did in 2016, where every one of the Republican candidates tended to have a donor fund them. And it kept the field alive and going for too long and allowed Trump to get the lowest percentage ever given to a candidate in a primary to become the major party nominee. And he became the major party nominee. And while they were very happy with his governance, they're ready to move on now. And and they're worried about all this internal polling that shows he couldn't beat Biden. But a guy like DeSantis could. And they're like, what do we do? So I've been asked to talk to some of the donors, some of the, the bigger ones, and on where do we go? And I'll be very transparent with you here with the Maybe they'll rescind their invite because I'm going to talk to you about it here. I think the donors don't need to consolidate behind one guy. But they do need to not consolidate behind 20 candidates. They have some differentiation and some likes, and everybody comes to the table with something. So, for example, Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, comes to the table with a handful of prominent billionaire donors. Letty, Ron DeSantis, too, comes with, with a very large percentage of billionaire donors. But there's Mike Pence, and there's Nikki Haley, and there's Mike Pompeo. There's Christy Nome. Christy Nome, I don't know if you saw this. She has already started attacking DeSantis on abortion because DeSantis has advanced a 15-week abortion ban, but not a complete abortion ban. Uh, Christy Nome, who's being underwritten by the transgender lobby of America, and I'm not making that up, is attacking DeSantis on abortion when she is turning a blind eye to and obstructing uh, legislation that would restrict transgender surgeries in her state. The National Review actually did a big study uh, on uh, Christy Nome and uh, the Dakotas where major hospital provider up there is actually funded um, members of the legislature's campaigns and then spent a lot of money shutting down legislation because this hospital has decided it can make a lot of money doing transgender surgeries and they have funded Christy Noem's campaign and many of the Republicans in her state, and they are uh, spending big money to shut down the social conservative agenda there because of the money revenue they get from transition surgeries. So she can attack Ron DeSantis for a 15-week abortion ban when she has no ground to stand on when it comes to transgenderism. Mike Pence I think that the American public owe it to Mike Pence to run. I I think Mike Pence should run. Glenn Youngkin is a one-term governor of Virginia. He can only serve one term. Uh, He has really fought on education there. He's really turned things around. He knows free markets. He knows a business. Let him run. Nikki Haley was one of the best governors South Carolina's ever had, was the best U.S. ambassador to the U.N. we've ever had. Let her run. Mike Pompeo is kind of a hard one because his his campaign is mostly foreign policy in a way that Nikki Haley's and Mike Pence's would also be. He has worked very hard to build himself up to be able to make a run. Let him run. Of course, there's DeSantis. There's Tim Scott in the Senate who you got a, a whole bunch of white people with the exception of Nikki Haley. Let Tim Scott run. Have a white man out there. Let him run. It's when we get to 15, 16, 17 people that we have trouble. And these people here, they're going to have to come up with a platform. They're going to have to come up with a way to consolidate the field. They're going to have to come up with a way to consolidate the grassroots. The thing that sets DeSantis apart from many of them is while he has locked down the donors at the elite levels, he's also locked down a large portion of the base. In a Trump versus DeSantis fight, I don't know that Trump can do it. In a Trump versus a seven-person field, he's got more wiggle room to be able to do it, but he's got to have the money. So I would tell the donors at the upper echelons of the party, there's no reason to throw your money to Donald Trump. Starve him of the donor cash and let him use the cash of the grassroots. And if Donald Trump uses the cash of the grassroots the way he used the cash of the grassroots in the midterm elections, he's not going to win. So all that to be said, I, I I would challenge the gatekeepers of money to not hoard your cash or try to bank on one winner. I would also tell them that 2024 to me looks very much like 20 uh, looks like 2000 and just as so many of the base of the donors gravitated to george w bush in 2000 after turning texas red that it makes logical sense for them to do the same with desantis in florida and rally there but i i don't think you can just stamp your foot as a donor and say we're going to close out the field that builds resentment and it also risks desantis or whoever they back looking like he's in their pocket, and you don't want to do that because that ultimately is leverage that would undermine him. Spread your money around on a couple of candidates. I should say a couple because that implies two on on several candidates. Don't go more than a half dozen. Let them battle it out and see what the voters like. Now, there's more to it than that, and, and I look forward to these conversations with people about how to shape the field because there is some shape in the field and you can't really deny it. Uh, the people who are running that they get tied into the big pockets. They get tied into the money. Uh, you got to have base support as well. There are candidates who can escape it. Rick Santorum, for example, was a candidate who built up so much appeal with the grassroots that he was able to get appeal from the donor class and his appeal came from the base to the, to the donors as opposed to the donors to the base. Donald Trump was very much the same way. He had some money to begin to fund. He built up appeal with the base and the donors came. Many of the donors sat on the sidelines until towards the end. The donors are not necessarily always influential, but if the donors try to get together at the beginning, and try to consolidate around just a handful of people, they can starve out a field of 20 and then make it a field of six, seven, eight, which is kind of what you want in the GOP right now. There's too much noise. And what the media inevitably is going to do is if you have a field of 10 or 15 candidates, the media is going to try to find the worst of the Republican candidates and give them inordinate amount of attention to try to help them dominate the field so that the weakest Republican becomes the nominee. The media love affair with the weak Republicans the moderate Republican, the bad Republican is something you're going to have to pay attention to. Look at all the, the murmuring of the press of maybe Larry Hogan will do it, maybe Larry Hogan. The pro-choice, pro-gun control, Republican, moderate governor of Maryland. They really want that guy and they will give him all sorts of attention. And the donors are should use their money best to stop people like that instead of trying to decide all of us together are going to say this one person. You don't want to do that. I'm, I'm kind of intrigued to be invited to have these conversations with them, uh, and uh, we'll be doing so, and letting them know my thoughts, because I think it's important. You may say, well, I mean, we're like a year and a half for the presidential election. You may think so, but you are less than a year from the start of the debates. We're going to have the uh, gathering coming up in August, and we're going to have them all on stage there. The conversations are already starting to happen for 2024. The most interesting part of this is that Ron DeSantis's run is causing everyone else to kind of wait and see what happens. They want the DeSantis Trump fight. They're really hoping for a DeSantis Trump fight. Yeah I, I have a theory I could be wrong, Charlie, you may want to put this in the file for I told you so if it happens. My theory and I''m, I'm I will hang it all out there and I'm willing to be wrong. But my theory is that Trump ultimately will realize that uh, the path to 2024 is too difficult without him spending a lot of his own money, and he doesn't want to spend a lot of his own money. And so what he will instead do is try to lay his hands on someone and make this person his heir apparent. And I think he would like to do that to DeSantis and DeSantis will be smart enough to decline to be his own man. And so Trump will go with Nome or someone else, knowing that a portion of the Republican base will go with whoever he says go with. And then if they aren't successful, he can throw them under the bus and blame them. Instead of actually having to not be able to go to the distance, he will try to find someone to go the distance for him that he has plausible deniability for when they don't do it. That's what I suspect will happen. Now, If you just want to help the conservative movement, you don't care about the candidates right now, one of the great partners you could partner with is Patriot Mobile because they will help fund the conservative causes you care about from life to the Second Amendment. All you do is go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. You move your cell service to PatriotMobile.com. Go to PatriotMobile.com. Just take your cell service. You can take your existing phone number to them or get a new phone number from them. You can take your unlocked phone or get a new phone. You go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric today, or you can call them 972-PATRIOT. 972 Patriot if you want to and tell them I sent you. You get free activation. Patriot Mobile, they're Christian conservatives. They fund the conservative movement with their profits. They've done it down to the school board level, helping beat woke candidates with good conservative parents on school boards. They fund the Second Amendment movement. They fund the life movement. They fund the conservative movement. They do it by growing their profits. If you want them to grow their profits, to grow the movement, take your business to them. You get guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers Everyone else uses patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. If you text the word Eric, E-R-I-C-K to 33777, you can figure out how to get me all over social media. You can get the podcast, the 24-7 stream, but most importantly, the top link is the daily email. Where you can get the show notes and become the most informed member of your circle of friends, you subscribe to my daily email, and right when the show comes out, you get the show notes email it has all the links to all the stories I'm talking about, and then some. And there are some days I got to tell you where I got to look at my email to figure what am I supposed to be talking about next. And then there are days where I do like very little show prep because the world has gotten in my way, and and Philip has filled it out with interesting stuff for me because I suck, and I get to use the show notes email and do my own show prep in the middle of the show. So you should subscribe to it. Uh, text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Yeah, you know, there are days. Last week, there were like two days where I did almost zero show prep. Uh, there just there was no way. I, I had so many meetings, so much stuff got in the way. Uh, at one point, I had to go to Atlanta and got stuck in traffic, showed up almost... Right before the show started, I was like, I don't know what, I had one thing in my head I wanted to talk about. And the show just always takes, it's kind of one of the funny things about this show. It just kind of takes care of itself. I can come in, uh, see a topic, and just talk, and I assumed everybody could do this, and clearly, clearly not. But I enjoy it. When we come back, there are other things I need to talk about, and one of which is an old story from 2022 but there is new data that I want to update you on. The rise in depression among kids, in particular, the number of kids contemplating ending it all, committing suicide. What is the cause? For a while, it was social media. That was, well, everything, they could see their friends having parties and they weren't and they were in despair. And then it was, well, maybe it's COVID isolation. There's actually been some updated data on what is causing the doom, gloom, and despair of kids and leading so many to contemplate suicide. I want to talk about that when we come back because once you understand it, there's actually a fairly easy fix if you're willing to do it. But a lot of people still aren't willing to do it.